everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. Richard is taking a break from the rigors of co-hosting Camp Codger, so Randy and I are on our own this week. In this episode, we explore keeping score in retirement. As we discussed a couple of, what maybe it was a week ago when you were in Santa Fe, over a cup of coffee, we started talking about this idea of keeping score as we get older. It's keeping score is what we did when we were younger. The peak of our career, we kept score on everything, I think, or a lot of people did. The bigger challenge, I think, at our age is when most of these issues of keeping score, we're never going to get better. It's only downhill from here. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now I got to tell you the story about my dad. He was a a lifelong golfer. I don't know when he started golfing, but he golfed his entire life that I'm aware of. And he was a pretty good weekend golfer and he really liked it. And it was one thing that he and his buddies could do, get out there and just enjoy four hours of sunshine and walking around in, in a manicured park. And oh, by the way, hitting a golf ball and then marking down how many times it took you to get the ball in the hole, right? right? Well, later in life, when I was visiting him one time, I said, Dad, are you still playing golf? And he said flat out, no. I was really surprised. I said, well, why? He said, well, I'm not as good at it as I used to be. So it's therefore no longer fun. I mean, not even as much fun. It's just no longer fun. And I remember hearing that saying, that is so sad. That, that, that really <laughs> is sad because I'm almost responding in the same way, except I'm starting to embrace the idea that eh, maybe I don't have to be as good as I was. Maybe I need to start thinking about enjoying what I'm doing rather than the final outcome of it. How fast did I climb up Sun Mountain yesterday? I mean, those are the things I keep score on. (laughs) (laughs) You know, which is funny because, I mean, there's a lot of ways to keep score in life. But walking up a mountain, unless you're trying to do it as a world-class athlete and there are other people behind you that you're trying to beat up the mountain, honestly, why in the world does it matter how fast you climbed up the mountain, how long it took? I mean, isn't the journey worth something? Oh, the views are incredible. Here you are, we climbed up 700 feet. You can practically see to Albuquerque. So you have these beautiful, wonderful panoramic vistas. And I'm checking my watch to see how fast I went. And, and, I, and I know I'm the slowest because I'm the oldest freaking guy going up that trail. There's no way right, exactly. I'm going to beat anybody. Exactly. I use this app called Strava, which... I use to record my exercise and I should just use it to record it, to re- say, Hey, great. I re- went for a long walk today. I hiked, I bicycled, uh, did something in the exercise machine in the garage. But instead I'm looking at it and saying, okay, let's see, two weeks ago, I did it in 2831. Uh, I wonder if I can get that down to 2820 today. I'm not beating anybody because the fastest person up there did the whole thing in like 12 minutes. All right. I've got a confession for you because, and this is such a a great segue because before you and I talked, I played golf with a friend of mine. 
His name is Lloyd. He's actually closer to your age than mine. We're a few years apart. But that's not the point. Lloyd is like, he's the, the most avid golfer I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he's pretty good. He keeps score every time. He knows exactly what he shot on every hole. And he remembers the birdies and the pars and the bogeys that got away. And he, he told me that he likes playing golf more than anything else he does. He's retired, but that is his passion. And if given the chance, he will play golf every day. He talked me into playing golf for the first time in about 10 years because I just kind of let that hobby slide. So he got me back on the golf course, which is great. And I'm really, I'm really thankful to him for that. But like my dad, I discovered that I'm not as good at golf as I used to be. Now, granted, it's partly because I haven't played for a while, right? <laughs> you just can't pick up golf clubs and, and know how to play. But I am never going to be a very good golfer in terms of the score. I'm just too old for that. So when Lloyd and I played a week or two ago, on the first hole, I hit a couple of crappy shots, and I decided to do something totally different. I put the scorecard away and I never pulled it out for the rest of the round. I played 18 holes of golf. I have no idea <laughs> how many shots I took. I really did not even one single hole that I go, oh, hey, I, I got a par on that. I didn't track it, which is really a different experience. It must have driven Lloyd crazy. Well, at first he looked at me like I had two heads and I walked onto the course from the planet Mars. He didn't understand it at all. It's like he could not figure out why I wouldn't keep score because that's the point. You keep score. Your, your fun is dictated by how few shots you take, right? Instead of the fact that you're out walking along this usually nicely manicured course, the sun is shining, you're outside, you're with a friend. That's that's a pretty good life by itself, right? But the Absolutely. But then you go destroy Absolutely. it by having to count just, every freaking slice that you have, every top like, ball that dribbles off the tee. <laughs> and even worse, the balls that you hit so badly, you can't even right. find them again. <laughs> right. So not only does that shot count, but you got to add one because you, you, you had to put a, a new ball on the course. It's like, I, I don't know. I could have shot 130. I don't know. I'll tell you what the difference in, in my play was. I was so much more relaxed through the whole thing. I didn't get crabby at all through the whole thing. I enjoyed being out there. And it, I remember one time just standing at the tee before we um, teed off for one of the holes. And I just did a 360 panorama at the course, you know, and just, just looked at it and said, holy cow, this is fabulous. And I've never once done that when I was keeping score. No, Not um, once did I just stop and say, wow, I can take a moment here and just enjoy this. All right. So I enjoyed the heck out of it, the whole experience. And I noticed my friend Lloyd, he's a fun guy and he's very good natured. But, you know, about 15 holes into our 18 we're older guys. You, you actually physically start to get a little tired, right? He started to hit a couple of bad shots, and boy, did he get crabby. You know? <laughs> and I was I was hitting as many bad shots as as he was, or more. 
and I didn't get crabby once. So I, I took that as a real lesson and a real positive reinforcement for this whole concept of, you know, it's the experience, especially as we age. We don't really need to compete all that much. I mean, you know, we're not working. We're not doing a lot of the things that we used to keep score about. Why not change our minds about golf and climbing up a mountain and whatever else, you know? It makes a lot of sense. I mean, actually, I would golf again if I didn't have to keep score. Because golfing, for me, by the time I got to the fifth hole, I was throwing my clubs. I was scowling. I hated every <laughs> shot. You get up to that ball, oh, damn, I'm going to just make a mess of this shot again. So you've been in the course for an hour, and it isn't relaxing. It isn't fun. It's just thinking, i got to get this over with. Because I'm going to shoot 130 today, for sure, as I'm standing here. Absolutely. You know, and that's exactly, that's, I've been there. I've done that. I don't like that. That's one of the reasons why when I, I moved out of town and I no longer had access to a golf course that was comfortably easy to get to, right? It was something I just let go. I just said, all right, that was a, that was a fun thing I used to do in my life. I don't need to do that anymore. Well, now that I've got some friends who are really into golf and I live in a place where a golf course is just a few minutes away, I'm going to play more golf. I just, I have decided to do that, but the only way I'm going to enjoy it is to not worry about the darn score. I'm kind of sitting here thinking, are there things that I do that I could apply that to? Because not everything is about scorekeeping. I could certainly turn off my app and not record my, my hikes and my climbs. But I like to, like you say, record the fact that you did something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that kind of tracking, that kind of uh, quote-unquote scorekeeping, I think is healthy for us. But I don't think we need the detailed information. Counting every second that we do it, counting every step along the way, counting every stroke on the golf course, I think it's probably going to be a better life for me if I'm not doing as much tracking, as much scorekeeping. At least I hope, I, you know, I can hope. I'm going to work in that. I'm going to weave this into some of the kind of mindfulness thinking that I've tried to apply to how I approach things, which is it's good to do it. It's good to be in the moment. But keeping score isn't about being in the moment. Keeping score is about making a record of what you did so you can always remember that you shot 101 on this course, your best score ever. One of the things that I think this brings us to is learning to accept, maybe not embrace, but accept the fact that we will decline. And that was your father's issue. He saw the decline. He had this perfect metric, his golf scores. They were probably sure. getting worse. And at a certain point, he said, I don't want to get worse. But he had no choice. He wasn't going to get better. You don't maintain your athletic skill levels, your cognitive skill levels, almost anything in our life at our age. All you can look forward to is the fact you probably won't be able to do it as well five years from now as you're doing it today. Yeah, and, and those of us who pay attention to professional sports, I mean, it's kind of funny because we see this all the time. I mean, for every guy named Tom Brady who can play in the NFL until he's 44 years old and still be great, there are thousands of people who were at the top of their game 
in their late 20s or early 30s, who by the time they turn 40, aren't as good as they used to be. So you and I and everybody else in 60s and 70s and 80s, we've seen this happen. It really shouldn't be a surprise to us. But it is, isn't it? It's a surprise when the first time you realize it in your own life. I'm sure the first time my dad realized, holy crap, he he can't go to his favorite golf course and shoot 80 anymore. That was probably an eye-opener for him. Our challenge is learning to accept it, learning to say, that's okay, but my favorite golf course is still a pretty place to be. It's quiet. You're shooting the breeze with some friends. You're going to have a beer afterwards. What a pleasant way to spend a day. Oh, what did I shoot? I don't know what I shot. Who cares? I don't know, but I made one good (laughs) shot. I can't tell you what hole it was on. But my second shot hit the you know, green. That almost applies to anything. I was out in Galisteo Basin with my mountain bike. And I'm not a mountain bike rider. Hadn't done that for years. And I'm out there by myself. I'm riding competitively fast. And I'm thinking, what am I <laughs> doing? I can't do this. I finally had to slow down and say, okay, it's beautiful up here. The vistas are wonderful. I was alone. It was quiet. It was a faux spring day because we know winter is still here. But I, when I finally slowed down and said, okay, nobody's chasing me. I'm not trying to catch somebody else. I'm just going to pedal along at a relatively calm pace. And suddenly it was a lot easier. It was more fun. You had your Zen I moment. Had my, I had my Zen moment. It came into full bloom. All right. I got to tell you my newest hobby. And I, I never thought of it this way. You and me talking about this has reframed something I've already started to do. But I've always wanted to do some just-for-fun painting, yeah. right? Uh, oil painting, acrylics, pastels, the medium didn't matter. But I always liked the idea of painting. And in my busy life, you know, working my whole life, making money, keeping score, keeping track. I didn't make time for that. So I I have just recently started and I'm working on my first acrylic painting. And number one, I, I'm realizing that I think it takes a little bit of work to get good at this. <laughs> what? what? I was, I was, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward <laughs> to coming up to Colorado Springs for your exhibit next weekend. Go on. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I got to work at it a little bit, but I, I am enjoying the process. And even though the final painting is sort of your scorecard, there's some things you just can't get around. Well, completing something isn't necessary, isn't inherently bad. Finishing the job is okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the point here is, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I picked something to do later in life that I'd never done before. So I can't compare how I do it now to how I used to do it. So I can't do that thing that my dad did, which was, oh, man, this painting really stinks. I'm never going to do this again. You know, I'm stinking at it (laughs) right now, but it's because I just started. You know, you give yourself permission to be bad in the beginning. At least I think we should, right, as humans. You, You don't master something usually without... Spending some time at it, whether you call it work or whatever. I mean, spending some time with something and doing it over and over again is how you master it. Well, I'm so 
far away from mastering <laughs> painting because I've never done it that I have no I have no scorecard in the past to judge it by. And and I think that's brilliant. And I didn't that, even know why I was doing that. That is now. brilliant though, because our, typically what we tend to want to do when we retire is do more of the same because we knew we could do it and we've done it before and we could measure whether we were successful or not. Maybe your epiphany was realizing that you had to do something you've never done before because it's a whole new ball game. You can't win. You can't lose. You're just going to get it done. And I had no idea I was that brilliant, but I think you're right. <laughs> well, brilliant. Now, now we're competing here a little. What's the right term to use? No, I actually... Enlightened. enlightened. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a little more zen. Yeah, I, li- I, like the, I like the enlightened. But it does make a difference. One of the things I've been trying to do is not do things I've done before. Because it, inevitably, you get yourself in a situation where you think, okay... Given what I've done, I'm not doing this very well at this point in my life. I guess I don't want to do it anymore, just like your dad. Okay. I mean, this does kind of bring us around full circle to where we started. So what in your life could you keep doing if you reframed the result, changed your mind about it, stopped keeping score? Is there something you can think of that you'd be willing to keep doing if you just kind of changed your mind about what the outcome is supposed to be. The new me is going to be the guy who stands there and has a very Zen moment and says, no, don't reach into your pocket and grab your phone to start the Strava app. Start walking. <laughs> you know what? And you'll know you've, you've finally made it. You've, met, you've made this mental shift. When you go up to, to the top of Sun Mountain, there's no phone on your body at all and you weren't thinking about how fast you're going, you get up at the top and you start singing, the hills are alive with the sound of music. Okay. <laughs> that is a sign that I finally decided to stop keeping score. Join us next week when Randy and I, along with a friend of ours, talk about cars, what they meant to us when we were in high school, as we grew older, and now as senior citizens. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, sign up at campcodger.com to receive email updates about new episodes. As always, we would be delighted if you left a comment below. You can also join the fun by checking out Camper Corner on our website.